All right. How's everybody doing? Everybody get plenty to eat? I hope so. Good deal. Let's get started with a word of prayer, and I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you, and then we'll uh, carry on with our morning. Keith and Jamie are on a cruise this week, um, so they've getting some much-needed time off, which is good. Um, but Lord, we just want to come before you this morning. We want to bring our hearts, our souls, our minds our bodies. God, we just want to bring our whole selves to you today. God, for you to heal and encourage and speak to and convict. Father, we just pray over this space right now. God, we just uh, consecrate this time to you. We give you the next few minutes, and God, we ask that you uh, would bless us with your word, bless us with your voice, bless us with your presence. And God, we just, uh, we give all of this over to you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so if you have a way to read along, I'm in uh, Matthew 20, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Starting in verse 1, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house, who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them out into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again, about the sixth hour and ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to, the, to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give the last worker as I give to you, and am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So, um... I wanted to. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with this with this parable in the Bible. I have I have been my whole life since I was a little kid, hearing these, this story of of this this man, and a denarius, by the way, was a day's wage. So, um, just to clarify there, but and I've realized um, in my time as a believer sitting under preachers who've preached on this, I realize that I have gotten a lot of bad interpretations of the story. 
um, which tends to happen from time to time. Um, but <clears throat> what I find interesting about the story is whenever, whenever I, I read it, I always think that the issue of fairness comes up, right? Because this, this vineyard owner hires these guys. He hires some in the morning, some mid-morning, some at lunch, and some after lunch. And, he all, and they all work in his vineyard for one day. But the ones who worked that morning worked the whole day. And the ones who worked from lunch on only worked half a day. So he pays all these guys the same thing, right? So, and the question is, is that fair? Is that, a, is that, um, is that just? And that's always frustrated me because my, my first answer is absolutely not. So how many people out here... If you worked for a guy in this, let's say some guy hires you to work all day cutting grass, and he hires a buddy of yours to work from lunch till, till quitting time to cut grass, and you both get the same pay, would you be okay with that? You would. I wouldn't. Would you be okay with it? I'm just saying. Like, if you worked the whole day, and somebody that was working with you only worked half a day, and you both got the same amount of pay, would you be okay with it? Would you not raise your hand and go, wait a minute, I, I, I should get more than him because I worked the whole day? Is that not logical thinking? Or am I alone there? Because I'm sorry, I would say something. I'd be like, hey, look. Or if I walked away with half of what I thought I should get, I would never work for that guy again, right? Am I alone in that? So that's where my mind comes from in reading this story, and that's where a lot of, I think a lot of people's minds go to. But this is what I, this is what I find interesting. Whenever I've heard pastors preach on this in, in my younger days as a Christian, it was almost like they wanted, because they, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like an owner who doesn't pay his workers fairly. You Right? That's what's interesting to me is he says the kingdom of God. So, I've, I, you know, in my younger days, I've heard a lot of pastors sort of, they want to try and make God look better. They want, they want to kind of like help God save face. It's like, well, you know, God's fair and our fair is different. Or God's idea of justice and our idea of justice is, is kind of different. And I, and I can see that to some degree. But we go by what is the definition of fair, right? Well, the definition of fair is everybody gets treated the same. And so, I, you know, that I, have, I have trouble with that, with that interpretation. And also, I've heard, say, I've heard them say, well, this is, it's, the kingdom of God is about grace. And, 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 and grace is not fair. We don't get from God what we deserve. We get the grace of Jesus, which that I get. But for this story it still, to me, doesn't answer a lot of questions in this story, right? Um, Brantley and I and some other guys kind of had a discussion about this. And Brantley and I kind of had a playful argument about the, the interpretation of this, like, you know, God being fair and God being just. And, and um, I love having these discussions, especially with Brantley, because I love the way his, his mind thinks. But... Um, the problem I have, because technically, the master, the guy who owned the field, technically he was fair. Technically, 
Because he told them, if you work for me, I'll give you a denarius. I'll give you a day's wage if you work for me. He said that to the first guy he hired and the last guy he hired. So technically, between him and that person, he was fair with what he gave them. Because he, he agreed to, they agreed to that amount, and he gave them that amount. But the problem I have with that kind of fair is the word fair and the word justice, I think though God is fair technically in the story, and he is just technically in the story, those two words are non-relational terms to me to describe God. Because God, if God is just fair, but God is not, he's, he's a father though, right? So he's got to be more than just fair if he's a father. If, he, if he's a father and he's good and his heart towards us is good, he has to be more than just just, Right? We've got, to, we've got to know that, he, that, that there's something else below the surface that's, that's going on. And if we reduce the, the nature of God down to just being fair or just being just, I think we do a poor job of describing who God is. And I asked a, a group of guys, I said, you know, what word, if God is, in, in the story, if God is not just, if he's not fair, then what is he? <clears throat> and I, again, I really struggled, I really struggled with this, uh, with this text, and I've always struggled with it. And the thing that bothers me, I think the thing that I've always had issue with, is the one guy who speaks up. You know, there's one guy, the one who started that morning, He's the one that, that spoke up for everyone else. And he says, it says that they grumbled and he said, these last worked only one hour and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Whenever I read that verse before, I'd always, my heart would always hurt for that guy because I feel his injustice. Because I have been that person before who's not been treated fairly. And I know you guys have been that person before who hasn't been treated fairly. How many times have we had fights break out in the lines here because somebody broke in line or somebody took more than they should take, right? We feel that. We feel the, the, the burden of this, what we feel is an injustice. But I had a friend um, who explained it a different way. And he said that if we look at this story through the lens of scarcity, then we will never understand what Jesus meant. If we look through, at this story through the lens of scarcity, what I mean is like, we, like, like thinking that we have to provide for ourselves. We have to come through for ourselves. That Jesus has no role in providing for us, right? Like we have, to, we have to scrape together and grab as much as we can and store up as much as we can because we have to come through for us. Like nobody else is going to come through for us. Does anybody feel that way? Does anybody feel that way? Like nobody's going to come through for me. So by God, I better get what I need so that I can store up what I have, what I, what I need for the next day and the day after that. 
And so when we read a story like this and we hear the guy go, wait a minute, these guys, are, these guys haven't worked all day. I've been working all day. This guy's thinking, I've got, I've got a family to feed. I can't just think for today. I've got to think for tomorrow and the day after that. When we look at it through the lens of this story, this, this parable seems harsh and unfair and messed up, right? But when we look at the story differently, I believe the way we were meant to look at the story, we see something different going on. And I asked the, the, the guys, I said, if God isn't fair, then what words should we use to, to describe him? And I prefer the word good. I prefer the word good. Because here's the deal. If you look at it through the lens of a son or a daughter, of a good father, who we know his heart is good. And if his heart is good, we got to believe that he's going to give us, you and you and you, he's going to give you guys and me, he's going to give us what we need in each moment. He's going to give us what we need in, in each day. We don't have to be concerned with tomorrow. We don't have to be concerned with scraping together and clawing to get what we need. We can rest in the reality that the Father is good. And when we see someone else take more than what they should be taking, we can relax and go, you know what? If that's what the way they want to do it, that's fine because my, my Father's heart towards me is good. And I know today He's going to give me what I need. And Jesus said that. He said in Matthew 6, he says, he says why, why do you worry about tomorrow? He says, do, do the birds worry about where they're going to build their nest and how they're going to feed their, their babies? Do the flowers of the field worry about, what, worry about uh, nourishment? He said, then neither should you because your Father in heaven knows what you need every day and He's going to give it to you. He's going to supply your needs. So we can look at this story one of two ways. We can look at it through the lens of scarcity. And we can say, God's not fair, and i got to provide for myself. God's not fair, so I've got to make my own way. Or we can, or we can look at it through the lens of a son or a daughter and say, it doesn't matter. Because my God, my Father, is going to provide for me today. And I can accept His generosity. I can accept His goodness. I can quiet my heart and let Him lead me where He's going to lead me. Because He is good. His heart is good. Will you just say that to yourself right now? God's heart towards me is good. And it's goodness, right? We, you know, we don't meet out here together because for any, what we don't, we, we, the reason we come out here, that all of us meet together is because God has given out of his abundance and it spills out over into the world around us, right? And I know a lot of us, I, man, I know a lot of us have, have been dealt a really terrible hand, Right? We sleep outside under a bridge. We scrape together what we can get. 
And you, you think to yourself, you know, it, the heart of the Father is not good towards me. Somebody stole my backpack last night. Or somebody stole this from me last night. Or somebody stole my spy. And our hearts go to that place of scarcity. How am I going to provide? How am I going to get what I need? And I would ask you today. I would ask you today. Would you choose to believe, first of all, that the heart of God is good and his heart towards you is good? And would you believe that he will provide what you need? Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that God's going to make you rich if you have faith, because that's not true. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that God's going to make everything better and make all your problems go away, right? Because that's not true. I'm sorry. I wish it was, but it's not. But you know what? You know what's interesting? Um, one time, I was at the beach with my kids, and we were, I was sitting on the beach in my lawn chair. Wife sitting next to me, and we're having fun. And um, I got a cold one, you know. It's one of those days, hot sun, drinking a cold beer, having a really good time on the beach. And my kids were, they were little then, and they were running down to the water, and they would run back when the waves would hit them. And, and um, they, they kept running up there, and it's like, my, especially my daughter's like, I want to get in the water, but I'm scared. Well, I'm sitting there, and I've, I've got myself in a perfect position. I got the, the chair in a perfect place, and I got the umbrella in a perfect spot where I'm not too much in the sun, but I'm kind of in the sun. I'm like, man, I got it all perfect. Like, why do I need to get I don't want to get up, you know? My, 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 my beer's going to get warm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but they, they wanted to get in the water so bad, but they were, they were too afraid. And I finally was like, okay, I got to get in the water with them. If they're going if, if, if to enjoy themselves, I got to do it with them, you know. So I remember I get up, and they both grabbed a hand. And we went out, and we waded out in the water. And those big old waves, it was one of those where a storm had just went through, and they got the, the flag that says, don't get in the water. <laughs> and we wade out in the water, and the waves are hitting us, and they start laughing, and they start enjoying themselves. And it was the best day ever. It was the best day ever. And I sat down after exhausted from trying to keep them from, you know, keep them from drowning. I sat down and I, I just felt like this is, this is a picture of what it's like to walk with Jesus. Because you know what? Scarcity is scary, isn't it? Not having enough, isn't it frightening? Getting up and seeing that you don't have enough uh, food in your refrigerator and you have kids that, you, that depend on, isn't that frightening? Getting close to Christmas. We just came through Christmas and someone was like, well, how am I going to buy gifts for my kids? Isn't that scary? And so God doesn't make that go away. I don't know why, but he doesn't. But what he does do is he says, grab a hand. Grab a hand. We're going to walk through it together. We're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death together. And you will feel, fear no evil. Because I'm with you. 
God doesn't offer us riches. He doesn't offer us fame. He doesn't offer us uh, a problem-free life. What he offers us is himself. That's what he offers us. And wherever Jesus is, there is enough. There is enough. So God, the heart of God is not just fair. It's not just that he's just like a judge. Hey, referees and judges can be fair, but they can be crappy people, right? But the heart of God is not just those things, but he's good. He's good. And he loves you and he cares for you and he is coming after you. Lord Jesus, we just come before you today. Lord, we... uh, we bring our tired hearts that have been scrambling trying to make life work, scrambling trying to build up and save and gather up so that we can rest easy. Father, our hearts are tired. For some of us, we've chosen to turn to things that are destroying us. We've chosen to turn to alcohol and to drugs and to sex because we we just want to forget. We just want to medicate and get through the damn day. But God, we know, we want to believe, that is, that your heart towards us is good and that you want to be a good father to us and that all you ask of us is our trust. That's all you ask of us is just to grab a hand and walk with you. Father, today there's somebody here that needs to grab your hand. There's somebody here that needs to surrender their heart to you in faith. Father, will you draw them out today, God? Jesus, we bless you and thank you for your goodness and for the truth of the kingdom, that your heart is good and that you love us and you care for us and you're coming after us. In your name we pray, amen.